what Bob wants. Bob Ross. Bob Ross. All right, here we go. Hello and welcome to Just Some Guardians, episode 33. We are diving back into Destiny content this week. We were going to be a fuller show and then a lesser show, and now we're the same number. So joining me for our Destiny conversation tonight, we have my ever-sensual co-host, Nicholas. Hello. Oh, hello. How are you, sir? Tell me, do you like Pessy? <laughs> and we just lost all those viewers. Awesome. <laughs> Actually, I do love I do love Pepsi a lot. Do you like <laughs> Pepsi? All right, moving along. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people, even if they're coming to the chat, that shouldn't even be introduced. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Pepsi. <laughs> uh, that other beautiful, beautiful Spicy. voice. Like uh, a lady. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Best intro hashtag ever. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest tonight. We don't just have any guest. We have the guest. The guest of guests. The guest of guests of guests. If we had a candlestick, it would sing to him about how he is our guest and how he should be our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Beard Grizzly. There's the Disney reference. We had to make it. It had, we had to, happen. to make it only because only because of freaking focus fire chat. You know, you know how it goes. Gotta always have that Disney reference. But hello, my good sirs. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. Just... I like Pessy. <laughs> oh god. Nobody asked you, okay? Okay, I might have said good sirs, but now I take it back. I completely take it back. Oh man. <laughs> uh, those of you that are in chat, this will be good for the audio listeners as well. Uh, Skype is a cruel mistress and that is why you see nick as a murloc and beard grizzly as literally the greatest image i could find on google image search of a bear with uh, a beard that that so, is an overstatement i'm i'm gonna have to like take that image and post it elsewhere because i know some people are gonna be like so what do you look like beard i'll just it's post like, that right and be like that's that's me like or i don't could... i don't know what the problem is you could send him a picture of, oh my god, Brett, next time, you, if this happens again, I need to be Rasputia from Norbit. Okay, deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, backstory. Um, a few years ago, uh, Nick flew out to meet me for the first time face-to-face. -face. We met playing WoW. And, and I was going to pick him up. I'm like, I need a picture of you. So when I get to the airport, I know what I'm looking for. And he sends me <laughs> that picture. <laughs> Oh, Lord. I was like, oh no. Oh, what have Lord. I gotten myself into? I've been catfished. Bamboozled again. Uh -oh. Bamboozled again. Somebody has flambéed our engine. Thank you, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> uh, well, Mr. Grizzly. Yes. Uh, a couple reasons for having you here. Uh, mostly, mm -hmm. you literally asked to be here. Um, secondly, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, secondly, for lore reasons, and thirdly, because you were at Guardian Con this last weekend, and none of us were, and we want to hear I'm gonna say a lot. You've got like 20 reasons to have me on this show right now, I think, at this point. And the top one being that I like requested to be on here because I was like, hey, hey, we're like friends, right? And I, uh, I mean, I guess. I'd be on a show and like, I don't know, talk or something. 
No, we're gonna we're gonna this is this is an interpretive dance episode. I mean, this is this is, is also hard, where the or something falls into it, right? <laughs> this is the oh or something God. episode. The or Just something some guardians, episode. the musical episode. <gasps> what number do people use? Is that like the one hundredth? Is when shows used to do like the musical? I don't know. Because everyone does it. All right, that's gonna happen. We're gonna do a musical episode. Beard, you can be I, a part I, of it if you want. I th- I think that's just Joss Whedon or Yas Whedon goes by. Yes, it has to be like every every hundred episodes, and he'll do that. I mean, that's what he did with Buffy, at least. And I know he probably would have done it with Firefly too. <laughs> too anyway. soon, yikes! Ouch! It's, it's always too soon for that. Yeah. Like always too soon. Like fifty years from now, it'll still be too soon. The the worst of it, I think, is as much as I do not like the show whatsoever. Uh, the Big Bang Theory had one on. Uh, uh, talking about Firefly, Sheldon is is talking to uh, to what's his name to Leonard, I think his name is, and he's like, so Friday nights will be completely reserved for Firefly because it is an amazing show that will never be canceled by Yas Whedon. And I was just like, why did you do this? <laughs> no, so it's why their fault. In the world, did you do this? It wasn't even their fault. Like this was like after the fact, like after oh. it had been canceled, but it was a flashback to. Uh, to when they were they were trying to like roommate up uh and it was probably one of the best scenes that they had out of that entire show uh and also equally one of the worst because it reminded me of firefly i can't believe you didn't like big bang theory man like who doesn't like oh hey blonde girl nerd culture reference laugh track you're not into yeah, that they, uh, <laughs> no not 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 particularly oh I can't do laugh tracks. If a show mm. needs a laugh track to be funny, there's something wrong with it. I know. It yeah. makes me sad. Because there's like shows that don't need it. And then like, oh, what was it? Uh, the Ranch. I was trying to get you to watch that because I love it. But there's a laugh track, so you can't watch it. And I was like, no, it's so good. I can't. I literally can't. I'm so sorry. I understand. It, it even has annoying. the Dude Abides dude in it. It's mm-hmm. got everyone that you mm-hmm. need in your life in it. Except someone that i need in my life that's not in it uh-huh. like uh, <laughs> the or something someone hey look at that <laughs> hey uh beard uh grizzly. yeah um, yeah go ahead if you'd like mm-hmm. how so did you go to garden con last year uh i did actually i was uh i was at last year's and i did not go to the first one when it was called Destiny Con. Uh, so I did miss the first guy, but I did go to last year and, of course, this year. Okay, so before I ask for, like, overall, like, how it was, the big question is how did mm-hmm. it different, just just for you personally, even as mm-hmm. far as your content has come, like, from last year to this year going to Guardian Con? How did it differ between then to now? Uh, it was... It was weird because in a way it, it did and it didn't feel different. It was like last year was getting to know everybody. It was I wasn't on Focus Fire Chat at the time. Uh, I wasn't really I, I wasn't past like 10,000 subscribers at that point either on, on YouTube. Uh, I think I was actually somewhere around like 38 or 3900 per that point. Um, and then getting 
to, to the point of being able to like talk with everybody to get to know them and whatnot was a very different experience uh, last year to this year where I knew everybody that I was going to be like meeting for the most part uh, minus, you know, a few that have kind of like popped up in the scene or they hadn't shown uh, shown up last year. Um, and it was just a, a different feeling because it was still reintroducing myself uh, to some people, uh, but also just being able to like group up with old friends, you know, being able to the, the only one that I wasn't able to to meet with because he wasn't there was uh, was Mylan, of course, because darn Aussie has to, you know, have really expensive plane tickets and everything. Um, but that was the the only one I wasn't able to catch up with. Otherwise, I was able to, to catch up with Bife. Uh, I was able to catch up with everybody from Focus Fire. I met a couple other guys from uh, from last year as well uh, that were obviously able to attend. Uh, so that's really the, the biggest difference, at least for myself. Uh, it was a different venue as well, because the last year it was at the uh, the fairgrounds, the Expo Center. Uh now this year it was at the convention center and it was completely different the mood was uh entirely different entirely changed from how it was before uh there was there was more floor space we had different rooms that we could actually go to because uh, because last year small story on that one actually uh they right. had segmented uh places for the the stages uh for how that would all uh like you would go from like one spot to the next in the different stages like the lore panel was held at one spot uh they had another another spot for like podcast central one for like twitch central uh and then of course they had the main stage and you they still had to leave room open for vendors for the arcade uh and all the other stuff that they were like trying to plan out so it was totally different having a lot more space uh it was a it was much better because we also had to think it was close to like ten thousand that had attended where we only had about half that last year so they definitely need more uh more space of course overall uh but it was it was different for sure going from uh last year to this year that's awesome you kind of answered my my first question there was going to be like was it a a better different or a worse different or just a a different different and um you you answered that already so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. yeah it was uh it, it was it was a different different but it was uh it was mostly a good different like ev- everything was improved like everything felt much better uh i think per usual if i have any complaints it's just the fact that guardian con is now focusing so much on these these heavier streamers uh and heavy uh heavy representatives from like the YouTube scene that it's not really focusing on the community quite as much. Uh, that's my largest complaint that I think I have with it. Uh, because for, for me, uh, I, I had a special guest pass that was given to me, but that was mostly because I was on the panel with Bife. Uh, and I feel that if they, they want to connect with the community scene a little bit more, they have to improve that. Uh, I'm not saying that 25,000 subscribers is big on YouTube, uh, but it took me a darn sight to get there. And that's the only thing that I'm going to end up saying on that end, and I'll, I'll leave it be. But without without sparking any kind of war that I don't intend to spark. Uh, dude, that's why we invited you here, to start a war. Go ahead. Let it all out. <laughs> It's okay. Are we? Is this? Is this all of a sudden a, a perfect circle? Let's start over. <laughs> anyway. Oh, 
Praise God, God. I haven't listened to them in a long time. Anyway. Well, since you brought up being on the lore panel, I, the, my yeah. big question, because I saw a lot of pictures of that. It looked like you guys were having a blast. Oh, yes. How, how was that this year? Well, I surprised Fife with the, uh, with tinfoil hats because that was a last minute idea that uh, had actually come into play. Uh, I had to, I, I actually had asked Purple Chimera from Ishar Collective. I was like, do you, are you like on your way yet? Do you happen to have tinfoil at all? She's like, Beard, why the hell would I think to have tinfoil? <laughs> But the cool thing is, is that she hadn't left yet. Uh, so this was like the night before the con. It started up and everything. And she came in, I think it was uh, like the day of the con. They had uh, they had driven overnight to get there. Uh, checked in, got all set up and so on. And then came like directly to the con. Anyway, she brought an entire roll of tinfoil. Oh, my God. And I, it was both me and Green that had hats made up for ourselves uh, and we kept it secret from Bife and and pretty much everybody else because if you're if you're not familiar with me too much, I try to focus on like the spin foil ideas a little bit more than I do the like actual informative ideas. I'll I'll still pre present the facts, obviously, but those facts can lead to a lot of harebrained schemes that that pop up now and again. Uh, but that being said, it was uh, it was a nice little surprise for Bife because he had no idea it was going to happen. Uh, and to see his reaction after the fact on stream was priceless. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, seeing, just seeing what he what he did when we put the hats on was just priceless. Well, if you're but interested, was... um, Nick, do you want me to put you on the spot? Oh shit! Why? Uh, Nick does a really good Bife impersonation. No. I just I mean, get a kick like... out of the fact that all of his videos start with "Greetings, Guardians. My name is Bife here." Oh wait, I didn't know Bife was on this podcast. <laughs> Surprise! Oh, we really wanted you to start a war. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was trying to also figure out a way. So, one of the jokes last year with uh, Mylan and Bife was who had like the number one lore channel, and I was really trying to figure out a way that I could weasel that back in for for this year. And just be like, yeah, Bife, how's it uh, how's it feel to be like, you know, number number three Lord channel at this point? Because like, oh. you know, my Mylan, Mylan had to go off and work for Bungie, and like I'm I'm sitting here at, at top dog anymore with like my information and and knowledge base anymore since you're off like you know screwing around with Warframe, and my and man. he was I I told it to him afterward, and he just looked at me and of course shook his head at me like I'm. I am not sure what to say about that beard. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun little comment. I'm and still. I, I had to get it in there somewhere. I'm still distraught as a fan that Bife has not finished his books of sorrow. <laughs> I'm, he's never gonna get those done at this point. I'm just I'm so sad because they were like the what is it the two that he actually put out or the, yeah. I can't remember if it was yeah it was two yeah. They're so good. It's so well done. Mm -hmm. And then he just never finished them. And then I saw the Warframe and Monster Hunter videos, and I'm like, "Boy, why?" <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how he does it, and I'm trying to figure out how I can start to do it because, quite frankly, I do not have enough time in the day. Uh, behold, the difference of a part-time versus a full-time YouTuber. Let me tell you what. Yeah. 
Are you saying it's difficult to like do everything on top of a job? <laughs> uh, gee, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't spend six hours sometimes on scripts, or, you know, I haven't spent about a thousand or so hours, if not more, on on my journals and and such. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, you mean you don't just push record and it all comes out? And then you get First paid try. for playing the game? You, you mean I'm not like some shit YouTubers that I could probably name off the top of my head that quite frankly need to, you know, stop hitting record and just going that way? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I I have, I have standards, man. Like, come on. I don't know, dude. You agreed. You asked to be on this show. You do not have standards. <laughs> look, look, there are some times that I will pass the standards off, and there are some times that it's just for fun. I can I can relax now and again. Let's let's okay. just let's just be honest here for a second. And I did find you a really sweet picture. That's why you're here. I know. I know. It's okay. <laughs> did he just throw shade at us? I can throw shade wherever I want. Oh. Also sunglasses. Define dance. <laughs> well, um, before we start heading into some Destiny content, Nicholas, did you have any questions for Mr. Grizzly of the Beard? I had... What is... Because uh, I'm... And I, I love the fact that you said spinfoil. Because when you said tinfoil hats the first time, I was like, wait a minute, he does not subscribe to the spinfoil? Of course um, I do. What are you talking about? I played I Destiny know. 1. I, pl I collected my fair share of spin metal. I actually... I miss that kind of stuff. As, as sadistic as that sounds. But anyway, um, specifically Relic Iron on Mars, because the... the, the, the just... Oh, it's so beautiful. But anyway... Um, <laughs> What is your current favorite spin foil hat theory to mull over? Or the one that you find yourself going back to? Um, it's one I really can't talk about too much. Well, then just whisper <laughs> it. Um, how best to sum this up? So, Disney's gonna buy Destiny and Maleficent as Savathun. You'd like, yeah, we can, <laughs> we can we can already approve on that one. Like that's gonna end up happening. Oh my uh, god, that's awesome! So the 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 group and the organization that keeps popping up here over the last several expansions, uh, realistically, has been, you know, the the initials of CB, and in a lot of ways, uh, Ishtar Collective kind of. Uh, or the the academy, if you will, it's technically the collective, but the the academy uh, also kind of now interweaves with them, as we kind of found out with uh, with Elsie. Uh, we know they have their hands in Rasputin. We know they have their hands in a lot of different things with like uh, weaponry and so on. And it's just funny how how you know Clovis spray is is all over the place for us for the most part. Um, but the biggest thing that I, I keep coming back to with Clovis Bray uh, is probably the fact that they're and, and I say the fact, but it's like the spinfoil fact at this point. Like, all right, I got I got to preface this one a little bit more before I like go into it. Um, I have been trying for months, months to disprove this one. To find anything that would tell me otherwise that this should not 
exist or happen. The fact that this theory still holds water is worrying me. The fact that I thought of said theory is also worrying me. But it has everything no, to hold do... hold on, hold on. Is that worrying yep. good or worrying bad? Let me just say that the basis of destiny that you know of can be completely flipped on its head with this theory. Okay. This is the kind of spin foil stuff that I've... I've yeah, we like, love this stuff. I've, I've, I've chewed on with Brett for hours on end while he does his mail routes. And I'm pretty sure he tunes me out halfway through it. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, this is, uh, th this is like, spit it out. Full, I'm, full I'm like, mm. <laughs> I'm erect. <laughs> I was when we started. So, uh, so what did the, let, let's see if we, let's see how far you guys got on this one. And granted, this is kind of like basic knowledge stuff, but Are you about what to quiz did us? the, oh my God. Oh, sure. Why not? What did the traveler create? The ghosts. Did they? Dun, dun, dun. Well, yeah. Like so, that. like, like someone's voice in the previous cinematic told me so. Because we're okay. Um, <laughs> yep. I'm very happy and very excited right now. Keep going. Uh, there's, like I said, I have been trying my darndest to find information that would otherwise like disprove this. But everything that I find continues to showcase to me that there is a lot more going on than we kind of think, which is the basis of like what destiny is. Uh, this has been a work in progress theory for a while because I keep saying, no, I'll, I'll hold off. I'll see if there's anything else that they want to present to us and like make me think about it a little bit more like see if they have like especially with Warmind coming up i was like well this is entirely clovis bray like they're going to tell me something that that totally disproves this entire thought no they only helped it <laughs> like if they if they want to to have this like completely underneath your nose it's there uh, if you if you start to look around from like older stuff that is written for the old grimoire uh, and then tie it back to like current day stuff that's going on. Uh, and then in addition, you tie it back to another corporation that was also obviously around during the Golden Age, and that is Dido. Things start to really fall into place. So, and I'm, and I'm not going to give my train of thought on this one because unfortunately that's the dang, fun part. But. All I'm, gonna say, this. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say all I'm, all I'm gonna say is there are too many hints and tips out there uh, that suggest that Bungie is pushing us in a different direction uh, with the launch of Forsaken and then into the future. Uh, when I continue to say stuff like uh, Shades of Grey and so on, uh, it's very much that. Like it's very much that. Are you talking shades of gray as in the dichotomy between the quote-unquote light and quote-unquote darkness? Pretty similar to that, yeah. And, and how a good majority of what we think and know very well may be a lie. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll add this little layer onto it, which, which also kind of helped. Uh, so with the Ares 1 uh, cards or the, the new entries that we have from them, uh, Mialova, uh, 
freaking Evie, uh, Calumet, uh, Jacob are, Hardy. Good tidbits there. Yeah, I'm going to say all of those and, and Chow just to make sure I round out the entirety of the, the crew there. Uh, all of those kind of paint this picture of like how everything could go and how uh, how everything kind of got started. Uh, and we also see like the inclusion of these uh, these Moon X cults, right? Like that's a that's kind of a big deal to to see that most of that was even popping up before the Golden Age even began. Uh, and then we have like this one that's left over. Well, the speaker had to have been born of something. And for me, it almost feels like it reads that he was born of some of the texts that may have been written uh, by these uh, these cults in a way, uh, just to try to proliferate like what the traveler was about, how it handled itself, and so on. Uh, and this also comes back to another uh, another thing that's been like the the original ARG or alternate reality game for Destiny. Uh, and for me, it's Alpha Lupi. Now, Alpha Lupi, the dreams of Alpha Lupi very well may have been written by some of these uh, cults. Uh, there's nothing to confirm it, but reading how they're written, how they're handled, and so on, to me, it's really hard to pass off the theory and thought that they perhaps are, uh, at, at least in like the closing days or like the, the, the days of the collapse and so on, uh, they are there to like shed some hope to those that may have been uh, missing it and so on. Which, guess who else was trying to do the same thing, even if he was a complete fraud? The Speaker. So either the Speaker is the one that kind of proliferated the ideas of Alpha Lupi, uh, or he found these books and these writings and carried them over. Uh, but I'm... I'm starting to think that that is our tie-in for, for Alpha Lupi as a whole. Oh so this, this, this rabbit hole that you've mm -hmm. kind of uncovered. If this video isn't an hour, I'm going to be really freaking disappointed in myself. I'm just going to say it there because there are, yeah. there's so much that would need to be covered. Right. Oof. Um, anyway. Well, just so do does, it right now. This... We'll just post this to your YouTube. We're good. Go. <laughs> so does this does this call into? I'm, I'm and I'm assuming yes, but I just want to hear the words spoken. So this mm -hmm. also calls into question the origins of the traveler itself, or the nature um, of the traveler itself. Yes, because we don't. Uh, and and granted the. You could say the the reliable or unreliable source that we have with Oryx and the uh, the Books of Sorrow, uh, we're not exactly sure how well he painted the uh, the the groups, races, species that he uh, had actually come in contact with over his travels. Uh, but we have a fair idea of like how they act and so on. Uh, and what I mean by by that, of course, is like if they if they acted a little bit more corrupt as we're, as we're starting to find with like how Clovis Bray acted and how we were looking for a God and how all of a sudden that God shifted to Rasputin. It's pretty similar with some of the other species that we started to find over the course of the books of sorrow. Uh, like all of it seems to fall right in line and right in place with these 
uh, connective links of how it's all working out. Uh, and, and that's not even like touching base on uh, Pujari and like how he looked over the traveler and how uh, he felt that our, our nature and our means was now to pay back the traveler for all the good gifts that it had given us. Well, if that's the case, we're also the ones that are giving back to the traveler for all of the other species and races that had actually come in contact with the, uh, with the traveler as well, because this is the first time that it would have given itself willingly, supposedly. Quote unquote willingly. Yeah, I'm gonna say there's still thanks to like the the unreliable narrator stuff. We're we're still not sure if Ghost is right or not. I I still hold a lot more care and idea that Rasputin didn't fire, but that still plays into the theory about you know ghosts right. not being made by the traveler anyway. My nipples well, are so hard right now. I'm not even lying. It's it's interesting because <laughs> even this is such a almost a juvenile link, but even the aesthetic of the war mind mm-hmm. shares design language with the structure of the ghosts. Right, mm-hmm. and like, it also like shares. So it was one of the first things I noticed. And like, well, the rest looks like a giant ghost stuck in the ground. <gasps> Wait a well, second. Well, I'm going to say even his his door hatches and everything like they're diamond shaped and whatnot. So it all fits into that same build of like how a ghost would uh, would kind of look and how it would feel and so on. Uh, there's a lot of uh, I, I don't want to say similarities, but it just feels like there's a lot of stuff that's taken uh, from one element to the other. And like our understanding of how. Uh, of how the traveler works or how light works like that 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 saying from from jacob hardy the slippery irrealities of light right like that's that's something that we've been trying to discover as uh, as lore diggers for a long time now right um and these are th- these are things that have been kind of bothering me since like day one of starting to read lore but as soon as you start to think about the existence or like who it was that was involved with the the traveler uh, and and what groups were around during the golden age again it just opens up this thought of like who who was studying what it is that we now deify uh within the the city age right and just well, to, you- to call out a question here in um in in chat real quick if you guys Brilliant. don't mind no absolutely I, please do i still wonder what caused the huge this is from uh, maids for life by the way uh, i still wonder what caused the huge chunk of traveler shell that fell off the bottom like what broke that off my contention and point to that would be what uh look what had happened with the traveler after uh the encounter with gall because after it ended up doing the big old boom, it also ended up having other chunks that flew off of it in, in different areas. So we know that the orb itself is is cracked or it's not holding up quite as well. We're not sure if it's ever done this before previously, which is another problem when it comes down to timing uh, and, and information that we have towards the Traveler. But one thing I will point out, one thing that I think that is so important to point out about how the 
Traveler broke apart there is that now it is awake. It is awake and it is keeping those shells and fragments in an orbit that is uh, cylindrical to itself. It is keeping those fragments close by. The first time it could have expended that light, which we basically know per this point is going to be a matter of fact that it had expelled a certain amount of light, uh, possibly a large quantity to push back the darkness to the point right. that it had or needed to, it went dormant, which means it was not actively trying to keep those shards with it. Correct. Which is so, why we can have the shard off from the EDZ. Yes. And and in, in different places besides, like not even just the EDZ. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it just seems the like biggest they, one that we can see, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and an, and another shard to point out. Besides, would also be the the shard that was recovered uh, by the hive Correct. that still yeah, yeah, yeah. also oh had a link to the traveler. Right. It's not like they went over to Earth and took off a chunk of the thing. No, they still found a point of the traveler that was untainted, that was uncorrupted. And they still took it away to find a link back to the Traveler. And just as they pull out the, the old station that all things that are linked by light, by Olentan, it works. And they start to suck it dry. That, with the catalyst of the uh, Heart of the Black Garden, is what then starts to allow for the Traveler to start coming back to life. That well, is what allows for it. I'm glad you mentioned that this, this sphere, this shell that we now can see seems to be covering whatever the core of the traveler actually is. Mm -hmm. Even if we take, you know, the, the shoddy records that we've got in the books of sorrow and the descriptions of the traveler or what we surmise as the traveler, it's never fought for or stood up against the darkness or made a stand quite like that, like it did for humanity during the collapse, which right. is that perfect shell was then cracked because even with the the shoddy record we've got that's the first time it's ever done something like that so mm -hmm. i'm i'm curious now to find out what's what's going to happen should it expel further light like what's mm -hmm. what's i really want to know what's under that shell obviously it calls to uh, like immediately i start drawing connections with okay well we've got rasputin which now is claiming that it's the most powerful thing out there and it's going to do its job the way it wants to and then we've got servitors we've seen sepics we've seen you know we know the fallen seem to have developed the servitors in the image of the traveler correct which so i i, I can't help but start you know i feel like this guy in that movie that's got the map or all these things plastered <laughs> to the wall and i'm just connecting everything uh -huh. red yarn yep um yeah from, from always sunny actually that's where that meme comes from <laughs> so then again, i mean just i, any, I just got done watching stranger things yeah yeah i just got done watching stranger things and they pulled so it there too which was great <laughs> that's so awesome. good well, then you got what looks uh, like, um, I mean, this is just, for me, just like when you're looking at the Traveler, it almost looks like Vex milk, like, rolling around inside. Mm -hmm. Which well, then, like that, okay, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say there, like, um, so the origin, like I mentioned earlier, it calls into question the origins of the Traveler itself. And if the Traveler is actually something that was developed by humanity 
at some point and mm -hmm. time travel comes into play and the levels of technological sophistication that we've reached even without the traveler see the pacific arcology um i just <laughs> mom help well like um, ment mental shutdown right now uh, yeah but like that the, the vex milk that being in the traveler or something that seems to be of the same dairy product line um, <laughs> what doesn't well, it, surprise me it, it plays back to an old theory of mine where the vex are actually created from the ecumene council's uh computers where somebody just didn't turn them off at that point uh, and if that's the case the, the first ones that we see the traveler with in the books of sorrow uh, obviously, we don't know if it's the first uh, species or, or grouping that they were with, but we at least have a, a fair idea. And if the Ammonites are any key to this, then the Echamine Council could be also the origins of the Traveler. And that's kind of the question that we have yet to answer. Like, the Traveler was willing to stay with this group enough that they were they were built up as a society of many species and races. They were not just a single organization or cell, as we then see with multiple species throughout the Books of Sorrow that Oryx then conquers. The only other ones that fit this bill, side note, sort of, would be the Harmonians, which is then done with, like, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, yeah, goodness the harmonia the, with the the gift mast that's what i'm looking for um i haven't read the books of sorrow in a little while i almost feel bad now that i couldn't remember that uh but these are these are all things that kind of call uh to question about like how uh the 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 travelers put together um but to, to to play back to your to your earlier statement as well with the fallen uh, we also know that the Traveler ran from the Fallen, and now knowing how the Traveler is able to, like, blink out, uh, yeah, it was a literal whirlwind that hit the Elixni. It was a literal Dang. whirlwind. So uh, now that the Traveler's awake, and it's got things spinning around it, I'm kind of uh, scared. Right. Well, yeah, because yeah, now it's awake, the... what's the next step, you know? Right. Especially uh, once it realizes that there, there are powers, assuming it's not in cahoots. Right. There are forces heading our way. Yeah. So I, I were, like this. If you, if you guys want yeah. to keep going with this, this is no, hundred percent. Um, this is yeah. This, nothing else is happening. This is our show. <laughs> all right. And damn it, we'll talk about what we want to talk about. So let me let me find it here. Um, Somebody it. had brought up like the lore on on Venchurch, because uh, Venchurch had gone <laughs> into, the into the yes, uh, but Venchurch had gone into the uh, into the Traveler, and there's some interesting bits with that. Uh, I just have to find it. Okay, here. now this I haven't. Ed, ed, please educate me. Mm -hmm. I've there's briefly heard, but nothing else. All I know uh, of Fenchurch is that Tess sent the whole shipment back. <laughs> and it's, well, it's become like a Just Some Guardians meme because I pull it out of my ass all the time. <laughs> sent the whole thing back to Fenchurch. Well, the, the stupid part with Fenchurch. All right, a little background on Fenchurch. 
he is a guardian. Uh, he did not actually have a last name um, until he ended up meeting Tess. Uh, Tess is not a guardian, but she is an Awoken that had a piece of silver. Uh, the whole reason that the two of them actually are together, in a way, uh, is because they both have these pieces of silver. Uh, so you could argue as pirates, like nine pieces of eight and everything like that, if we want to pull out another Disney reference here. Uh, maritime the, reference, even. Maritime reference, yeah. <laughs> the... The biggest thing, though, is that Fen Church had actually gone into the Traveler, uh, and I feel like uh, the more that I, I... I didn't know it at the time when I read uh, Mysteries 2, which is a, another very good Grimoire card to check out. Um, I got Chilla Winter up here, too, because I want to read that one eventually, but uh, let me let me bring that one up. Do it, do it, do it. Do it. So Mysteries 2 uh, is is side entitled uh, Ingress via Dreams Alone. Uh, and when we start to say that there was somebody that went into the Traveler, we have to start thinking that it would be Fenchurch, and at least as far as we know, only Fenchurch. We don't know if anybody else went in there. Now, I want to preface this by simply saying, think about this in further terms of what we now know of uh destiny 2 and how it's all played out okay keep that in the back of your mind uh while we while we check over this card and, and again this is mysteries too if you guys want to check out on ishtar collective and bring it up and read along here things i saw inside a wild river and a broken dam or maybe it's just the sea crashing through a narrow gap i can't be sure Waves slam through the gap, and where they hit the stone, they throw up pillars of spray that pierce the mist and crash down in thunder. There's a giant in the cataract trying to wade through the current, and I can tell it wants to reach the lever and pull the lever, which will seal off the flow, or maybe give it the sword, but the torrent throws it back, so it just keeps its head down and tries to push on. I can't see the face, but it breathes out white smoke. I feel for I feel for it hard. A world painted around the interior like a stranger earth, everted and glued inside itself, but I don't believe this one it's too much like a metaphor. A switchboard or a train station, empty, dead, waiting. The tunnels branch off into infinity. I stare down one for a long time and see a pale worm move in hungry coils around itself. I think this one is the most likely, although I might have brought the worm. An egg, but I'm not sure if the broth itself inside is still warm, is warm still, or if it's gone to rot, or if the warmth comes from the struggles of the tiny winged zygote, or the bleed from the wound, or the thoughts of something thinking very hard. A star, I think. We count on stars as steady friends because they always rise and always shine. But a star's a delicate truce, an explosion caught by its own mass so that it can't erupt and can't collapse. Thus, I imagine the state of the machine might be. But one force or another has gone awry, and now it rests here, snuffed and broken, waiting for the two rival forms or of ruin to be set in balance again. 
So I open it up to the floor. Had anybody <laughs> thought about this a little bit, or uh, did you pick up anything as I was reading? Well, I immediately like one of the one of the things that I'm trying to like rack my brain on is do do any of the visuals? It's a stretch, but do any of the visuals described um, coincide with anything that we saw in the quote uh, like the the, the vision? The dream sequence that our guardian has you're thinking um, too small <clears throat> elaborate this card the more that i read it because as soon as i read over it the second time here i i started to i i read it a second time i read it a third time i read it a fourth time and this was after already having read it about three to four times previously. With what we now know from Destiny 2, think of this as a roadmap. Think of this as what they started out with. Mm, so I like that. With, uh, with a little bit behind this, um, and bear with me here for a little bit, uh, I, I, of course, have my, my journals that I, that I write in and, and keep. I have now six physical books that I am writing in because I filled up my Destiny 2 one. Uh, so I now have to <laughs> <love> go back. <laughs> uh, each each of these books, as a side note, is at least 250 pages. Uh, <laughs> and my writing is very tiny. Uh, I have some posted things up on Twitter if you guys ever get interested. But if there's ever something you need me to reference in a hurry, I can do it uh, very quickly and give you my thoughts. Uh, that being said, uh, with what I had originally thought, and I keep bumping my mic, I'm sorry. Uh, with what I had originally thought of this card, I thought it was visions from an exo. So exos are are unsure of their dreams, they're unsure of like their dream sequences, they're unsure of like the, the deep stone deep stone crypt uh, and how that handles, how that gives them uh, form, function, and so on. But then I had to read this from the, the eventual truth that it's, probably Fenchurch and what he saw uh, when he went inside the traveler. So I keep dancing around it, so I'll just get to reading like what it was that I wrote. Uh, this entry may be a Fenchurch expeditions in the traveler. We actually have seen these moments so far within the story of Destiny 2. Part 1 shows something similar to the EDZ and the Shard of the Traveler. This feels proper to how the giant would be fighting against the current of darkness that seems to be overtaking itself for being away from the main traveler. So the giant would actually be something more akin to the shard of the traveler, and it's fighting the corruption that is now starting to boil within it. Uh, smoke is a remnant of a fire. The limited white smoke is a possible reference to the shard because as we see it out in the EDZ, it's actually billowing off this like white filter, this white, uh, really this white smoke that uh, is actually pillowing off of it. Part two uh, sounds just like the infinite forest. Mercury basically flipped inside out and showcased as just this, this means of like being able to hold life or, or hold some different uh, feelings and so on. It just feels like the infinite forest. Part three unsure about the I might have brought the worm part, but the rest talks about Zol and his cave network underneath the switchboard that is Rasputin. Part four, I still say Ahamkara. 
and this would fall in line with the thoughts of the dreamer waking up. We don't know of many other winged creatures that would fit this bill easily. We're seeing these references within a couple things uh, recently within uh, Destiny 2's lore tabs. Uh, one is the sealed, uh, sealed Ahamkara's grasp, uh, where the dreamer is supposedly waking up. Well, if you start talking, play into the dreaming city? That's the other possibility and the other question. But it also plays back to the nine. Oh. The other larger uh, one, and I'll have to find it here real quick. Uh, I think it is called Motion to Vacate. Uh, but Motion to Vacate, if I recall... Give me one second. Oh, I always forget where I read... So, one side note. Uh, actually organizing the stuff for... Uh, there it is. For Destiny 2 is a real pain in the neck because there is no actual... Uh, organization that you can follow it's not like the grimoire cards where right. they actually There's have like a category this is totally uncategorized so i have to actually my my table of contents is about five pages long in my destiny too <laughs> it's it. ridiculous uh, but yeah motion to vacate uh so I'll, I'll read this actually in full because I think it kind of co covers everything. Uh, the the real world representation is filed after a judge or jury's uh, judgment is presented. It is submitted to overturn an action, oftentimes in light of new evidence, or to reconsider uh, a sentence given to them. The entry talks about a slaughter of the nine's children. It also speaks on a dreamer and hallucinations, which calls back to a few different pieces, but one major one, the great Ahamkara hunt. This amplifies my thoughts that the Nine are in league at least with the Ahamkara. We were also the ones to blame for this hunt, so it pans back to our involvement as well. Interestingly, there is one voice that seems to feel the events did not happen, or they are being led to believe it did. Rid yourselves of this regret. They also speak on the dreamer being alive and waking up, refer to the sealed Ahamkar's grasp. However, another piece that could be related to the harbinger uh, is to the harbingers of the queen, uh, and she may have used them with the battle at, uh, with the battle of Oryx. This is a tough one. The other question is why one of these uh, members are fine with what has been done with either the harbingers or the Ahamkar. There is also talk of constructs not being the original forms, something artificially grown. This could be a great many things with hallucinations and what else is indicated. Many items dealing with the Queen and the Teshiuns herald back to dreams. They largely connect to harbingers. A harbinger defines as a person or thing that announces or signals the approach of another, a forerunner of something. Dragons have a few major parts, but the, uh, that fire breath has always been a harbinger of destruction. In Western culture, dragons were also viewed as harbingers of famine, death, plague, or otherwise. It's a bit deliberate, but could also offer a small bit in fact. So, playing, of course, back to part four of Mysteries 2... Did we just get delivered Forsaken and how the Dreamer will be playing a part in the Dreaming City? Because, my God, 
if the rest of the card isn't inference uh, inference enough, I really have a feeling we're going to see some dragons. Uh, yeah, I'm reading this right now, and yeah, I'm with you. It's, yeah, it, it's it's hard to to read it any other way after you know what has happened right now with Destiny Two. And it also kind of says, like, the Traveler has these instances or ideas that it can either time travel or push forward, do something else where it has visions and, and abilities. And obviously we know that there's, like, visions that are going on, right? Like, we were granted a vision, for God's sake. So there, there's that. Uh, but part five, part five's the weird one. Uh, this may be, uh, and this goes back to Mysteries too, by the way. Uh, okay. This may be outlining the dark future. It may also be related to Rasputin now on his own at this point. If this continues from this card, then we may have found the Destiny 2 roadmap. But why does it matter? If this is a glimpse into the initial storyboarding for D2 as a vague example, and three options uh, fall in line, this would be interesting to piece together. Your move, Bungie. Your move. Right. Mic drop. Damn. Now don't fuck it up, Bungo. <laughs> they they they've they've been on point with this so far, so it's really hard for me to say that they can kind of screw it up. But uh, yeah. that's for for at least an outline, for at least some idea of where they're going. Uh, that's what is kind of interesting to me is just how they're they're handling this and and allowing for it to be open, but. This is actually previews into a video that uh, I, I do want to come up with, but it's not really a theory anymore. It's just like that. This is this is really hard to say that it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's reading. Oh yeah, it's reading the uh, reading the signs. And... Mm -hmm. This is kind well, of especially when we start to deal with like prophecy and everything. Not to not to cut off you there for a little bit, but it, it like we deal with prophecy so much within Destiny. But sorry, fuck that had. No, no, you're, no, I was just going to say, because um, you had me pull up Ishtar Collective, so just like mm. bouncing back and forth, kind of watching the process of how things connect, it's just like, how do you sleep, man? How do you sleep? The, that's <laughs> the one thing, the one thing that drove me nuts with, like, Destiny 1, yep. is, like, everyone that I knew that I worked with at the time, besides Ty, Brett, you might remember Ty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was, like, the best blade dancer I, we ever played with. Um, he and everyone else were always like, Destiny, it just doesn't have a story, and I don't like it. And I get that, because at face value, <laughs> it didn't. But, I mean, it's, it's yeah, just mom help. Well, So, I, I just, yeah, love it. Oh, my God, yeah. it makes me so happy. Um, no, you and I, I realized that we that whole conversation there stemmed off from the, the question that I asked you. Um, <laughs> well, I that should not... tell you how my brain works. Well, I'm no, just going to tell you that now. That, that's what I wanted. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I am so... very pleased because I wanted I wanted to actually like have a good lore discussion. And I feel like that is happening so yeah yeah no that, that that like i said this is this is fun i kind of want to keep this going um there are uh two two cards actually on on that point i want to i want to read over two more at least Bring uh it. just so you kind of get an idea of like what i mean by this statement um 
the the first one though actually goes over because you were you were talking about like how uh destiny's lore has kind of changed over time right like it's Mm -hmm. it's been it's been altered over like uh, the course of us learning things and like managing it and i think for uh I, I bring this message up often because I think that it is one that the lore community as a whole needs to be reminded of a lot to either not jump to things like uh, like retcons and using it in negative connotation uh, or also having it as a, uh, a reminder that some things are they're, – they're still kind of like slowly spoon-fed to us in a way. Or well, we're, we're, we're learning it though, or relearning right. it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and it's, I love from the perspective of of the humanity, really. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love the fact that you say learning it because I sit here and I think about one of my favorite cards that uh, me and me. It's one of those few things that like Adam Pig and and I can actually like sit and agree on and like talk about for a while. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, I know that that does happen now and again. Um, no, I'm I'm kidding. Like I'm I'm start one of the start one. <laughs> one of the the friendships that I've had uh, that has been like absolutely amazing to have uh, has been Anon Pig. Uh, we don't get to talk, I think, as much as I would like to, but every time we do discuss things, it's just awesome how we're we're generally like alternate viewpoints. It's just so cool how we can actually like come to the middle point and be like, yeah, I think this actually works all of a sudden. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> anyway, the, um, the one, though, that uh, he had pulled up for me, and now I, I can't stop looking at it uh, as like a progression of how Destiny lore has gone, uh, is a card that was actually released in the Dark Below. So this is the first expansion for Destiny. Like, we don't have a lot of this information yet. And it's Ghost Fragment High 4, transcribed from a stolen copy of the journals of Toland the Shattered, unverified by any crypto-archaeologist. He was really fun at parties. Yes, he was very fun at parties. Uh, If your light is strong enough to hear across the soundless plains, you may have heard their screams. What may seem like a void between their shrieks holds what I believe to be yet another clue to their origins. In one tone, the hive plea to their gods, but in the next, they whisper to another. Perhaps it is here which holds the answer to their ultimate demise or a bridge to their desires. In my studies, I still struggle to match the tones to their ruined system. If only Cryptar Kadana were still with us. No one has yet to match her adept. Four sounds oft repeated, but only four. Though I am on the trail of a fifth, faintly heard from the buzz that once spilled from the shrine. Now again, before I read this next part, I want to remind you that this is from the dark below. These are names we had not heard until much later. Air, Ur, Zol, Yule... It is in these sounds that I fear yet another hive secret hides. Perhaps beyond their gods, perhaps in accord with them. Perhaps these are just hive translations of word worlds we call another name. But I believe above all things they call to some kind of being. Beings that once lived or still live somewhere buried amongst us. 
beings the hive perhaps owe their very existence to. I'm hoping the war minds may hold further answers, that they can see into worlds where we can only see what lies upon them. The treasure of knowledge they promise still remains the most sought after of any guardian. Whoever can find a way past their firewalls of ancient arts and make them the allies they once were could spare us further atrocities. And though Rasputin offers other promise, one can only hope its silence is self-defense and that it seeks only to preserve itself. We have to prove to it that we are on its side. But I am starting to doubt that is absolutely true. That maybe the hive or the darkness itself now have a grasp on its systems. But then again, I am an old man with many fears. And in those fears, often called madness, I will continue to dwell. It is beautiful because it is disturbing mm. how closely linked everything in that is linked with what happens in Warmind. Yep. Oh my god, and yeah. what like, is fantastic about this, just to point it out again, I'm sorry to interrupt you, no, is fine. the fact that this is a card from the dark below. <laughs> That's why it's so beautifully terrifying. Oh like, my god, it uh, was right there. It was right like, there. Okay. One of one of my, my favorite moments in Destiny lore um, was actually... A point of contention for some mm. when uh, it started on Io, yep. I think, when Ikora corrects someone who's talking, I can't remember who's talking, but corrects him and goes, No, there is only one Warmind. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that that was a big point of contention. People were like, Ikora doesn't know what she's talking about. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about because we're the ones that just woke up and we're taking our ghost's word for it with everything. Right. And well, um, and to, to another point to that, sorry to interrupt you again, but the speaker is the other example of that where the ghosts are also listening to the speaker. And the fact that ghost says something in like, uh, uh, the, the mission codes or the mission uh, dialogue says something to the point, well, the speaker has to know what's going on, right? Right. Because even he's not sure of it. Sorry to interrupt you. No, you're fine. Um, so I, and then finding out, you know, Bungie sits there and, and the accusations were thrown around that you know, everything's being retconned and Bungie, mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, no, we just, we didn't know. And yep. now we do. Well, and we, there's... We didn't know the ins and outs. We thought yep. that, oh, different bunker, different war mind. No, right. there was one war mind that had fingers stretching across the system. Mm -hmm. And that makes, when you, when you look at what the, the war mind was, like that whole program was, at, you know, as far as we can understand at this point, or what we're being spoon-fed is... Mm -hmm you know a, a mind to defend us when we don't know we're even needing defense right um obviously having one mind govern all of it makes more sense mm -hmm. than multiple that even if you if you take some of the the um nuggets from the grimoire that refer to rasputin as the tyrant like, okay, well, to some degree, it could suggest infighting. And I'm like, but how does that, 
that doesn't accomplish the goal that the war mines were, were created for. That, that seems right. contradictory to the whole concept. And so I, I loved that moment because, uh, Brett, you and I were like, oh, that's cool. Like, mm-hmm. we, we, we didn't hate when it was, oh, there is only one more mine or finding out that it's, it's sub-mines of, of one. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't hate that. We were just like, oh, that's cool. Like, now I we think, understand that concept better. I think in unison we were both like, oh, hey, that makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> oh, hey-o. Hey, hey-o. Well, and, and think back to, to some of the other Rasputin cards as well. Uh, they talk about these these other pieces of the uh, Rasputin system. And what does he refer to them as? Assets. These assets of Rasputin are basically what help to build his platform and what basically give him a little bit more to, uh, to, to utilize his system. And as a... As a computer, quantum level or no, even by the theories that we have right now, you would have to have something that governs the entire body. And if you're going to tell me that there's going to be anything that basically like infights or, or goes against each other, it might be these fragments of Rasputin that are now coming together after the last array is then opened up and allowed to uh, push out past earth or past venus or start to bring itself back together as a whole on mars and to to me that's the only thing that could really like signify some kind of infighting and even the assets of rasputin are still powerful in terms of computing power there still has to be something there that they could like go up against each other we know for a simple fact Especially after the uh, the writings in the newer uh, the the newer comic uh, uh, chapter issue three, sorry of the the Warmind series, uh, Rasputin is now opening up his moral subroutines again. This means that there's assets that are now fighting against each other to still think about how he is handling himself. There is an internal war, an internal struggle that each and every human being has to sit back and think about with the way that they handle themselves, what they do on a daily basis. Do I want to be good or evil? Do I want to stop for this person on the side of the road that's having car problems or not and just carry on with my day, which could be seen as like a a line of gray? Or do I want to go ahead and like look at this guy and spit in his face while before i drive off you could easily do something like that these are moral subroutines that rasputin has to also face but he's doing it on a solar system level he's doing it on a civilization level and these are all things that are handled in different measure and he has to be programmed with them but anna didn't have the time to do everything that she could like these are all things that we are now being told that we are now being like given to us, and the fact that so many people are sitting back and thinking about well, they just retconned out the whole idea of multiple war minds. No, are you we kidding didn't, uh, me? Understand well, and, and even if you look at it when he went dormant, because I mean we've we've seen the lines of code that existed to to carry out that entire scenario. Yep, you would have to for a computer system that complex. He would have to partition and fragment. He would yes. have to. To yes. go dormant, to actually accomplish his task and become a non-threat to the point that the quote-unquote darkness forgets he even exists. Right. He had to fragment and partition and com- compartmentalize. Yeah. I mean, that 
that yeah and so he's he he's had he had to zip his files you know he had to compress right. himself and he's been he's been defragmenting for a while now and i i love that moment my favorite line of dialogue in the entirety of destiny is ya rasputin i'm like ah! <laughs> yes! yes i mean literally it shivers absolute shivers every time i hear it because i'm like he's bad i almost dropped my controller like the first time through that i was like oh i i just love how anna says that rasputin has found a voice and like how it how it sounds and then you hear it in game and it's the it's the like exact same kind of sound as like what you would expect to hear from what she described it's wonderful It's just absolutely wonderful. And I, I love, I love the, when, when he makes his, his statement, when he basically mm-hmm. declares himself. Right. Um, which is, yeah. And then to see, to see the, the Warmind complex with the Warsats launching. Right. Um, which, by the way, when Forsaken launches, I want to have, and I, I don't have the wherewithal to do this. But I want to know how many from, from if you factor in time in the game, like actual however much time passes, how many Warsats have been launched since he declared himself? I want to know. Like, I want someone to figure that out. Well, additionally, it's it's trying to also figure out that the original Warsat network were thousands of Warsats big. Uh, and this is another piece that kind of has to like be factored in from like the golden age and like how large that system was for him to communicate with and, and such. There mm-hmm. would still be lag that would uh, kind of exist with the Warsat network, however, for like full communication and disclosure back to Rasputin. Oh, for sure. But there would be the the possibility that maybe we worked on quantum entanglement because it's a quantum computer. Uh, and suddenly you cut out the need for any kind of lag, and it's it's it makes a lot more sense when you start thinking about it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love the fact that they're getting into like how he is a, a deep seated network, like he's a seated network of computing and so on. It's just wonderful how detailed they're getting, honestly, with Rasputin, and I think that that's getting that's getting missed or pushed to the side with. Uh, the the way that uh, everything else kind of seems to be going with the story or how it's being handled. Uh, meanwhile, the details are getting like brushed under the rug, and it just drives me nuts that we're mean, that we're not looking into these details. Right. So, just to clarify, you mean brushed yeah. under the rug by the community and then those that analyze and perhaps review. Yeah. Yeah. That they. Uh, yeah. That, that, that they're not looking at as a, as a whole or they're not looking into like every piece that they could they just see this this brand this this over overlying thing that's going on and I'm just like you're missing the point you have completely and utterly missed the point and now all it is is just like suffering this false narrative that exists and 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 showcases itself because you decided not to read something that there's the how bad can I swear? On, on here i forgot that I've, I've 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 all right i've pretty much said it all so go okay. for it 
so there's the the meme that's going around with like the white banner and everything and i i think there was one made for bife where he's like pointing at a white sign and we've had we have a couple now for focus fire chat and of course this white white sign has been altered to say read the fucking lore because that is basically where i'm at at some points where where it comes to to certain people uh and it's it's a shame that I have to be to that point with some of them just to be like, hey, you are missing something vastly important. Let me show you where it is. And now from here, I will I will give you the benefits of what you are missing. But some just deny that and move on. And right, I it switches it switches from missing it to ignoring it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Which per that point, the old saying, you can only show a horse to water. So, one more card I do want to uh, read over here. Entry, a shorter one. Um, oh my god! To bring Jeez. this full circle. <laughs> to bring You're this full circle, it. we were eating this up so hard. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you want, this is the whole reason to start a podcast is so you can have personal one-on-one lore sessions. Okay, that's why we started this. <laughs> 33 episodes later, dreams have come true. We can end now. Thank you. As you will were. be our last episode. As you were. We have reached this the pinnacle. Is... Yeah. Uh, but we were talking about the Traveler for a good majority of like the, the earlier on portions of all this, right? And mm-hmm. I know we were uh, kind of discussing a little bit of like, well, how does the... And, and this still kind of ties back to like Rasputin, how he has to uh, compartmentalize and change and alter his perspective and so on. But there's one entry that was given to us in the dawning. And it's been probably the one that is looked at the most. Uh, falls back for me, of course, being a war cultist as a very Bless important you. one. Bless you uh, so much. But if you want to follow this one, it is called Chill of Winter. Chill of it Winter. is a sparrow that was presented to us in the dawning. Uh, it is not a very, at least in my opinion, good-looking sparrow, but no. it has a lot of good-looking lore. That's the one Jake writes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very good-looking. <laughs> I really don't like that thing. Speaking of good-looking sparrows, I cannot wait for Grey Hornet, but I think we will get there once we, if we even talk about like uh, other stuff at this point. Anyway, uh, the dawning comes. Go to Munch.net uh, if you want to, guys. All right, continue. Yeah. Uh, Chill of Winter, again, is what this uh, what this entry is, if you want to follow along on Ishtar otherwise. I'm looking. The dawning comes once a year. Some wish it would take a little longer. <laughs> They're travelers. Little snowy travelers. Jasla looked down at the snowman again. The lower body, with ice pieces held in orbit by twigs, just like what was in the sky behind her partner. It's a coincidence, but she knew it wasn't. The torso, deliberately shaded with what? Coal? Blackened on the bottom, just like what was in the sky until a few months ago. We both know it's not. Not after what he drew last week. And now this. One dead traveler. One alive traveler. Another traveler for a head. What's the other one? Jaslet gestured at a well-formed spear a few feet away. Hollowed out overgrown with vegetation that their son had obviously placed there neatly, deliberately. That one is why I think we need to talk to Lakshmi about him. Jasla didn't look up. 
she had fought against it for so long, but maybe it was time. The dawning, right? New beginnings. A tear disappeared into the frozen ground. So the traveler has to change at one point or another as well. And this whole concept and idea of like how the traveler is blowing off pieces and shards of itself now comes to a different perspective altogether. Uh, and once again, you can say what you will about future war cult and their, their overall ideas of like how they're put together. But these are the kinds of people that they attract these people with visions. We also know that guardians are still having visions as well. I mean, we just got done having visions. So with all of these uh, noted features that kind of exist within the traveler uh, and like how it handles itself, how it manages, etc. Like, what is it that's going to, to change it? And what is now like inside? Is it just a Dyson sphere? Does it hold other civilizations? Is it going to break away from this from this egg shaped shell that it has or this this sphere shape that the fall, the, the fallen, the elixir? Uh, worship and reside by and know so well that is now being slowly shattered into bits and pieces. What is going to cause it to break free of its shell and, of course, suddenly become Unicron from Transformers and then it'll all make sense. <laughs> See, that's and the that thing, though. It it's gonna, the yes, shell's going to break open and we're going to hear Grand Moff Tarkin go, you may fire when ready. <laughs> no! Stop initiation. Oh my god! <laughs> um, yes, those are all the cards I think that I can read that are like pretty well close to oh my god. everything we were talking about today without giving away too much. But that's how my brain works. Like that's I that's all it. the connections that you can like start to form from like one or well, two things that are I mean, presented to you. But it it goes to show, you know, perhaps in game dialogue aside. Mm -hmm. Destiny's lore is very in depth, and there's yeah. it's so intricately interwoven from topic to topic and character or entity to character or entity that that's how the a, a lore conversation is going to go. <laughs> I mean, you you jump from from topic to topic to topic to topic, but you're right. really not jumping from mm -hmm. topic to topic to topic to topic. It's all linked. Um, so, yeah. Well, and I, think, and I think that's something that a lot of players don't think about is the fact that, like, the writers of these games and whatnot, like, they know there are people in the community that take everything and go wow everywhere with it. It's like everything's right. written for a reason. And that's the thing a lot right. of people just... No, that's lazy writing. Like, no, that's there because something's going to come later or something we didn't think about earlier and they're going to connect and then it's going to blow your mind. Well, now, to the credit of those that say stuff like that, I, I do have to be honest here. Part of it was Bungie taking away or pulling away the Grimoire in the fashion that they have. Uh, the fact that they decided to take that away from us kind of ticks me off a little bit. Uh, Start a war. And... It takes away this this notion, this notch, if you will, that now people are are not thinking about the grimoire in the the whole rights that they could be. Like, I'm somebody that's a, that's like a partial archivist, or or I'm trying to be. I mean, for God's sake, I've got books written on this stuff. Um, 
the actual like fact that there's so much that we've missed i think again within the lore community that we have to go back and sip and like read through again just to refresh our memories or think back on something differently i think this opens up like those those realms because as you said it's it's all pretty well tied together more than it is just presented in like one simple facet or one little thing uh it it is a connective piece a connect the dots uh work and even if those connect the dots exist there are something that you always have to kind of like come back and reference to where things change and alter your perspective and how you handle it and there there i was just thinking about it a little bit ago and i had to find the page again but even with something more recently like the the parables from osiris read them again knowing what we know about uh some of the the individuals that now exist within the game and whose identities have been presented to us fully now like thinking thinking about something like Elsie Bray and and the Bray sisters and how they all tie together and how it even seems like Osiris knew what was going on with them and making the sense of why uh it, it paints a different picture of how this all is interconnecting even if it doesn't make sense to us right away uh so I have to ask, do you guys want me to read that at all? Well, I just real, real, and absolutely. Sure. If if you if you want to, um, I would welcome it. Uh, Brett, I'm sure is Brett asleep? Brett, what? No, I'm kidding. Huh? Um, <laughs> no. The, so what you what you were just talking about? I'm I'm going to call back what we like we we just talked about it a minute ago. But just to further your point, the dark below grimoire card, yeah, was so intricately tied to everything that we've played through and are continuing to discover mm -hmm. with the events of Warmind, mm -hmm. they're so linked. It's, it's scary. Right. And the dark below is, I mean, before destiny two came out and, and, you know, all we had was the content of destiny one, the dark below was, was laughed at because it's, it seemed to, maybe at face value lacked gameplay mm -hmm. but the lore implications have sent ripples through the destiny universe and and, and continue to um so I, I mean just again i'm i'm rambling but to to call back to what you're saying everything's so interwoven and sometimes you have to take what you learned mm -hmm. and then go back and revisit what you thought you knew because right. you've learned more about what you thought you already knew. Well, and and to kind of bring that back on like a critique of the community, if you will, I didn't hear a lot of people bitching about the fact that we didn't know who Er Erzul er and all of them were originally. It was this sense of wonder because now we wanted to know who they were. Uh, and I don't see that with like a lot of the newer stuff. Now, it could be to the point where you know, there isn't a lot of that or not quite as much of that. But it's just the fact that, like, that's the first thing we do is we jump down Bungie's throat to say this is uh, th this is stuff that's like, no, you, you got to, like, give us a little bit more. Look at us more in time. Like, I had the same problem with uh, with Aphrodite when we didn't get much information about her originally. Uh, and I kind of jumped the gun and said, well, where's like these missed opportunities now exist with like calling back what happened with the the old Iron uh, Iron Banner vendor now? Like, what is it that's now happening with her? 
And then we find out like she was another, she actually ties in with most of the new uh, solstice of hero heroes, uh, armor entries. If you guys haven't read over those as like another guardian that, yeah, that, like another guardian that now fits that bill uh, as, as being somebody that was either with us or was like in the city or took place and was an important part of like a lightless guardian uh, that, that helped us at the battle with the, the traveler. Uh, and that opens up that entire entry in a completely new way. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I want to, I, I hope that one day, uh, hopefully soon, hopefully once the grimoire is like back in our faces a little bit more with the archive that's coming up shortly, we get back to that sense of wonder, that sense of like, well, this, all this stuff is like a little bit more open. I'm just I'm trying to figure out what happened that we stopped caring so much about that. Uh, and that's my... I feel like that's another, again, video ideas and topics, but I feel like that that is another one as a whole I would love to to just bring up and talk about as a discussion platform, just where that went or how that went away. Yeah. I remember um, chasing all the calcified fragments in mm -hmm. um the Taken King. Wow, I couldn't think of the word Taken for a second. Um, <laughs> I was like, something King, the Turkey King. No. Gobble, um, gobble, gobble, bitch. Gobble, <laughs> gobble, motherfuckers. Uh, so anyway, um, now I want turkey sandwiches. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, you know, I was gobbler back. Anyway, I was chasing the calcified fragments, and I didn't, I didn't know that it was linked with any endgame rewards. I didn't know it was linked with any weapon or any anything. I had no idea. All I knew is I wanted these books of sorrow are fucking confusing. Right. I want all of them because I, I will hope that perhaps they'll make sense. And right. of course, they don't make sense until you review them many times. <laughs> um, but that's why I chased it, because I wanted them. And then I knew... I could go and, you know, when you're, you, you got your nap time, you got your crap time. When it's crap time, pull out that Destiny companion app and start digging through the grimoire. <laughs> um, but I, so I, I chased it because I wanted the story and there was a place. And like, like you said, the archive hopefully will bring that back because there was a place that was tied with the game itself or the, the app rather than the Ishtar Collective, because Ishtar Collective is a beautiful thing. I love you guys so much. You have no idea. But um, it, it was all there. It was all contained. It was easy to find. Granted, it wasn't in the game client itself. That's a conversation for another time. Um, it was there. And so I'm, I'm hoping the archive brings that back for myself, because I noticed, yes, it's fun to scan things and all that, but you can't go back and reread, which is something that, as we have been talking about, it's encouraged that you do. Mm -hmm. um, you can't really do that with scannables that easily. No, I'm going to say you can't check back on them. You, you you have to do basically what I did, which was go to each and every location, scan them, have visual record on hand, and then actually label what they are, what they say, and so on. Like, we have to be the archivists at this point to to help that stuff and 
Ishar Collectum, like freaking Traveler bless them. They're they're trying their best, but it's impossible. Uh, it's crazy, to actually yeah. like have all of it in an organized fashion. That's the thing that just bugs me is that you mark the map for rewards for things like oh here's a here's a chest here's a lost sector that are supposed to be hidden but we're not going to put this point on the map where you can find a scannable like come on Bungie oh, let's yeah, just sure. let's just think about this for a second for that just deserves one that deserves second a bungo thanks bungo thanks yeah, bungo i'm going to say that's that's definitely a bungo moment um but i had said i was going to read the uh the poems would you gentlemen like me to still do that i'm game yeah man well, i'm not really a game we'll, uh, but we'll hit that then i have another question for you and then we'll we'll go from there okay now again i wanted to to bring these uh the parables up again because of the fact that they've kind of shifted in direction already like they just came out in december for us basically with uh the uh fall uh the not fall of the cyrus curse of osiris uh and they they paint kind of the this picture, and I'm going to say also the fall of, um, but they paint this picture of uh, what Osiris is able to tell us. He's able to to shed some light on situations, but he's always questioning. As as somebody that has to report on this stuff or or be prophetic, how far do I go? What is it that I do, or or what is it that I say? Uh, to either not give away what's happening, but give enough information to make you think on what's happening. Uh, so, with that being said, the as far as I can figure, each of the the weapons are are marked with a number. Uh, they seem like all of these uh, go in order, like Garden Progeny One, the Conqueror Two, Jack Queen King Three, Machina Day Four, and it goes on. Uh, but the flavor text for these then has two little parables that exist, uh, each of them. And if you put them in an order, this is how everything reads. So, again, if you're looking to follow along at all, you'll have to open up a lot of different uh, tabs and entries. Uh, but it's all the Fall of Osiris weapons. Uh, just the flavor text. Not even, like, the meat of the lore tabs themselves. But I'm going to read that over right now. The siblings cleaved by time and space, reflections never found alone. The endings of the Eldritch race, a path long seen, but never known. To tower comes a war in red, an orphan sounds the Empire's call. Mortal angels mourn the dead, while lightless light wraps, wraps night in pall. An army meets and stands and falls. Three nobles wage their hopeless war. In shifting madness, evil crawls. One stands above the battle's roar. A charnel but effluent orb, a beacon in a loath in a loathsome dark. Fetid, fetid corpses rise. A too long absent gibbous spark. A visitor ignites the sky, and in the truth of lighted dreams, above the dead and yet to die, a legion's blade with fire screams. Amid the endless death one flew, unnatural, all-consuming need, and in the space between the two, accursed comprehension freed. A spark of knowledge with each fall, the purpose of the endless youth. No longer shunned, darkness' nameless call now brings about Tenebris' truth. They sowed the first, 
now reap the last, forever narrows to a line where light will fade into the past when all's converted, nothing shines. A sacred eye that speaks in lies, upending future in its path. The way before us to the skies shall see itself in ancient wrath. See whose robed as if a god who stands with pride above the rest. Destroy this ancient, nameless fraud. Destroy the one whose death was blessed. So I'll see where you guys got with that. The first uh, point is about the two siblings. You guys figure where I'm going with that? The, uh, the two siblings? Mm -hmm. The only siblings on my mind at the moment are Mara and Older and Sov. But I'm not, that's not what's in reference here. So I'll, I'll read it again. Two siblings cleaved by time and space, reflections never found alone. The endings of the eldritch race, a path long seen, but never known. Are we talking to me, is, Anna and uh, the stranger? Or? Bingo. Yeah. Oh, I got something. Yay. Because think about it. Think about it for the sake of like how uh, the stranger works, especially she is cleaved by time and space. That's the line that got either, me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, this is either by the fact that Elsie travels through the uh, vaults of glass or something else that's going on. But to me, it kind of rings out that it would be uh, Anna and Elsie for a couple of other reasons. Uh, it, it actually comes back to the second piece of it, uh, which is the endings of the Eldritch race, a path long seen but never known. Now, the, the biggest thing on that angle is the, uh, the way that uh, the, the hive work out. So another thing about Clovis Bray, uh, the, we have to have a chicken and the egg conversation here, right? Oh, man. What came first, Clovis Bray or the hive? Mm. That at the moment I don't think we can actually answer that can we so here's the biggest piece that we actually have to, to consider uh, the brood that is on Mars is not Nocris's Nocris didn't have a brood Nocris is a rare form, of course, which is kind of funny to think about. Nocris is a, uh, he is a, a, oh my God, a necromancer. And right. this is something that is shunned by the hive. In fact, of course, so far so that, uh, that Oryx ended up outlawing and, and pushing, uh, pushing Nocris out of there. And it's a power seemingly that Zol has. It's something that was, uh, kind of gifted to Nocris or, or given the ability to to utilize and take over. So are you thinking these frozen hive were already there? Yes. In addition, there's a couple pieces as to why. The first thing comes down to the uh, to an adventure that actually happens on Mars. Uh, and it's at least if you kind of go in order, it's uh, I, I forget the name of it uh, off the top of my head. Uh but it's the one where you actually go back into the caves, uh, in the in the Tenebrous caves, 
uh, and, and go out like back towards that starting area for Warmind. Mm-hmm. But the ending of that adventure uh, has the hive uh, basically uh, clamoring in their language and Ghost is able to decipher it to a point. And it says, Savathun, return from the deep and take our power. Yes. Now, to me, it makes the question, if this group of Hive that was uh, there was for Oryx, why would they then be asking for Savathun? Did they know about Oryx's demise? Did they know that there was a reason for for that to be? Uh, Or, uh, especially considering the simple fact that these are resurrected Hive, and Zol and Nocris are kind of on their own at this point, could it stand to reason that this group of hive that's underneath Mars, underneath the, the ice of Mars, or underneath the landscape of Mars in general, could have actually been originally by Savathun, where they sent previously for one reason or another, some failed excursion or, or otherwise? The the further piece behind this actually comes back to the... Uh, the entire fact that Nocris has to revive these guys, uh, and additionally, that if there was a reason to basically stop uh, what was going on, like during the collapse, or like why Rasputin had to flash freeze everything, if Zol and uh, Nocris were already there at that point, it would have been something where they were already starting to like thaw out. You know, there would have been like a secondary thaw that that would have happened. Uh, for me, this is where I kind of think that Rasputin had to set in place this uh, this flash freeze for a reason. And it makes me think it was actually the arrival of Nocris and Zol. Like, they were a catalyst or a piece of the collapse, uh, or at least the one that really pushed Rasputin to need to, to get to that point. Uh, now, additionally, when you start to look at, like, Nocris as a, as a whole, or, or at least, like... Uh, as like how a race is put together, uh, the, especially with like the Eldritch race and everything. We, we don't know of like a lot of older races that exist or, or are built, uh, so to speak. The Hive fit it perfectly. Right. They're the only thing in, in Destiny that I would consider using the word Eldritch with to begin with. Yeah. It may be, maybe the darkness or something like that, but we're not even sure of like how the darkness or... Uh, put together how they're formed etc etc now this still calls back to another piece Rasputin was then built on top of the hive we also know that the cradle of invention from Clovis Bray is something that was uh, built for developing uh, and researching a lot of technology if a lot of our golden age stuff and research is built off of the uh, the powers of the light, but we still have these permutations and, and buildings and knowledge of the dark and the fact that we are now in peacetime and throughout the entire Books of Sorrow, we have no example that any other species is presented and ready for an onslaught or anything else. And we're the only ones that seemingly are, are partially ready for uh, what's to come with the hive and the darkness and so on. You're going to tell me that Clovis Bray wasn't researching them ahead of time? Damn. This also goes back back to the Exo. Uh, Think about uh, 
exo as like a, uh, a a prefix to something. Uh, how many prefixes can you think of for for exo? Think think high sci-fi here. A prefix for exo, or something that exo would be used as a prefix for. Something used as a prefix for. Yeah, sorry, I worded that wrong. Exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. Exo cheeseburger. <laughs> exo suit. How about exovirus? No, I don't, I don't think that's a real thing. How about exospecies? Or, yeah. or as we might uh, also say it, xenospecies. I was just going to say, see, I don't think exo, I think xeno. Now also think about uh, what, we, what we had also called uh, the alien in, in Aliens. Xenomorphs. The xenomorphs and the morphs of the hive, son of a fucking bitch. <laughs> Not done yet. Oh so, EXO is is also placated, of course, towards a uh, an alternate uh, race now of what we have with humans, right? Like they're they're now something that's that's built up differently. Uh, now, Elsie says in particular, in a reference back about Anna, that she would have no life if it was not for. Anna Bray, and the EXO Project. Why do you think that is? Uh, I would like to go back... Hold on, repeat the question? Okay, no, go ahead, Brett, sorry. No, 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 yours is more important right now. So, please... To to restate on this, just so we're we're all on the same page, and maybe I I said something wrong again. Um, uh, Elsie, one of the... uh, notions that was uh, or one of the entries that she had written as the uh in the the what do they call the lost memory fragments there it is um the lost memory fragments goes over that she would not have a life if it was not for anna and the exo project so so for me that asks the bit and begs the big question of why that is so it was okay so I gave I gave away the hint already. Think back well, on I, some of the words I said. Titties. <laughs> um, so here's here's here's. Um. So is there reason to possibly consider the fact that Elsie Bray may not have actually been a human turned EXO, and she's just purely. That was her first instance of existence as an exo. Mm-hmm. Is that is that where we're going? Now there 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 is that, but that placates to like the more the idea of like the the exo in general. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of a, a further need for it. So the basis for the exo, uh, the major thing that we have, excuse me, uh, the major thing that we have at like the end. I think of uh, exo two uh, or no, I think it is exo one now. Ghost fragment exo uh, one says something to the effect of uh, if you ask me somebody just wanted to live forever what if that wasn't the main cause what if there was something that pushed humanity to need to have something to counter a need for a physical body of like a virus yes okay all right I'm on the same page we're here we're so here. think about it 
think of, think about it like this. The Hive are now underneath Mars. They're underneath the, the surface of Mars. They're trapped in the ice. They're stuck there. Clovis Bray starts digging around. They have a bunch of festered, like, festering hive that have who knows what that is bringing over, like, how many things, like Cortez going over to the to the Aztecs, for instance, bringing these different viruses that they had no idea existed, that the natives had, had no way that they understood or anything, and bam! Now, all of a sudden, that society is getting wiped out. Now, we know from history that that kind of stuff can happen. Now you have a further need for allowing the EXO uh, project to continue to, to push on, to, to build up. And this is the thing that I, I kind of love about this, because this was a theory that, and, and Black Flag kind of uh, said it here, but like Blue Crew and I were thinking about one night when we were absolutely freaking tired as hell. But we got to this point where we were just sitting back and thinking like, oh my God, this is the reason for the EXO project. It wasn't for somebody to live forever. It was to have something that could either, you know, li live as like an assassin or a buildup for, for like a, a means as an army. But it was also to make sure that these people could go into these places and not be affected by the viruses that exist from Xeno uh, materials or Xeno species. So it was used more as almost like the quintessential hazmat suit is your suggestion mm -hmm. pre-guardian guardians well i'm gonna say and that that still falls back on our our earliest discussions on ghosts were made by clovis bray uh to effectively suggest that basically they were they were there as as a a starting means to creating guardians and we also know this from another arg that happened called al sector they were and trying to build the, up these capabilities. The ARGs weren't something that I, I ever part of my knowledge of them is non-existent. So, oh. all right, <clears throat> Alpha Lupi, you basically have all the dreams listed in the Grimoire cards at this point. Like most of those are already listed out for you. If you have any care for additional information on Siva. Uh, and also something that can be otherwise uh, otherwise affected towards guardians. Uh, go to alsector.com. It is still a Bungie-owned website. It is still in existence, and it still works. But go and check it out. Uh, Al Sector is probably the one thing that you will find that I reference on my channel more often than I probably should because it has so many detailed backlogs to suggest what Clovis Bray was working on with Guardians and how they may have possibly been experimenting to even build something like us previously. And it was done with injections. So the as far as what the, the speaker is and how, how the... Okay, hold on, let me... Let me organize my thoughts what was the decision do you do you think then to have the guardians or we'll say the guardian program even mm -hmm. linked with the traveler as far as public knowledge went what was the what was the goal there what was their end game with that so 
the population control well there could be a portion of that uh there's also the idea that they are attempting to uh go out into uh further reaches into space so for civilization help and so on the the exos were like a, a start to it right they were they were extremely durable they are extremely durable uh, we see that Cade has the ability to get his leg and his uh, arm blown off, uh, and he can still like function and look at us, talk to us pretty well properly. And at this point, with, and that's also without the light, I should mention and, and note, like at that point, he still is like uh, chatting with us and so on. Um, he is still able to be cognizant, but we need to go to that next step. So instead of just making human minds immortal and stuffing them into a, a, a possibly like faulty uh, computerized exoskeleton, now let's see what we can do to actually make humanity immortal, especially with the availability of like being able to go and colonize different worlds. Why would we not? And to even further have it where they can be revived and repaired and so on by a little drone that can then help them out. These would be the end goals to allow for a, uh, a force uh, of like maybe five or six or seven, maybe ten, maybe a hundred that would go on a colony ship to help build a colony and then uh, expand further. But they would like constantly be there as uh, as beings that would help as as end goals of the exo uh the 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 exo project which we say exo we think about the exo but the exo project spans out as well to like the the exo science stuff or the uh the the uh the ships the colony ships that we have mm -hmm. as well that we know about so it's a further project than what we think of as well uh and all of these things actually culminate back as being part of the exo project the ships, the these mites that are within Al Sector, these bits and uh, pieces about the Exo themselves, and just so on, uh, and all of this research is actually culminating from like the like how important Clovis Bray is as a backstory tool to what we now have within Destiny. Uh, really, really long, convoluted way to answer the question, but it's just how many connections and ways, like, mean uh, back towards, like, why Guardians would have been developed by Clovis Bray and what their purpose would have been. But, like, that that's great for their purpose, but why, why this borderline religious tie so far as public, like, the, like the, the public is concerned to the Traveler? And to the light, why the ruse that the guardian in his last breath created the ghosts. So in that respect, that comes back to what we know of the speaker, right? Like this falls back towards my whole theory that the speaker was a fraud back in. What was that? That was a couple. That was that was a May, May and a half ago at this point. Mm -hmm. No, uh, let me let me real quick ask though. I might, sure. I might save you some time. Do you do you think that the speaker was a fraud, like an idea put forth by Clovis Bray, or a self-serving individual who decided to just seize the moment, the ultimate opportunist? 
the ultimate opportunist, I think, is the best way to kind of put it. But so far as it would help him and also bring humanity together. Now, the idea is that, yes, you can be a fraud, but you can still have your heart in the right place. You right. can still know what is best for, like, how civilization will be uh, built up or changed or so on. So in that respect, that's where I will always fall back on. Yes, he's a fraud, and he's trying to hide a lot of information, which even now we're finding that there's more info that he hid from us. Uh, and he, he knew that Osiris was right. He knew Toland was right, of all people. He knew Olentan was right as well. Like, all of these warlock theorists and idealists... He knew they were right because all the signs pointed to it, but he wanted to stuff it all in a box and make sure that nobody else could really know what it was going on with it. He didn't want anybody to know that it existed or was there. So that's my my big placation on that end. Like, yes, the speaker was a fraud. He did it to basically bring humanity together, but he ultimately found out that, oh, no, this is actually going to bring our downfall. So I don't think it was something that was done by Clovis Bray. I think it was done by himself. Mm-hmm. He dug up all these, as I have mentioned before, like these Moon X cult uh, transcripts and everything. He found some of the dreams of Alpha Lupi or created them on his own uh, to to allow for those to be like a talking point, a, a seizing point to make sure that the public eye was still on uh, the traveler as like a trusted notion, a trusted version of of what he is trying to craft and be there as. Uh, but it isn't something that was that was like otherwise showcased because thinking back on Clovis Bray again, I don't think that it would have been common knowledge that people knew about the Vex. That was just something that like Ishtar Academy was studying and it would have been something that they would have opened up to people that were part of the project, certainly. But the same can then go back to Clovis Bray and how only a select few knew about the stuff that was going on underneath the uh, underneath Rasputin. This, again, actually calls back to why I don't think that Clovis Bray and Ishtar Collective uh, from, again, the uh, Lost Memory Fragments wanted to work together because they knew that each of them had a different type of alien technology and they didn't know what was going to happen when they were going to fuse them together. Until Elsie ended up doing so on her own. Okay, that answers my question. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. It was something that I I wasn't. I was not. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like I was not able to rectify that. I think I wasn't, I wasn't quite on the same page i didn't i and i'll say this i wasn't prepared to paint the speaker as that dastardly an individual despite all signs pointing to you know yeah the contrary kind of a dastard um well and and as much as i know some people don't want to think about it which granted i i tend not to want to think about it as well but the fall of osiris comics also paid him in a very nasty light Oh yeah, he and was very uh, much the villain of yeah that. Um, I still think he's got the greatest burn in the history of burns. <laughs> yes. So why don't you kill yourself? <laughs> yeah, I'm it. gonna say so. Feel free to kill, kill yourself. yourself. So good. Uh, 
the fact that Bill Nye is the one saying that just makes it all the sweeter. <laughs> anyway. I love I love that they got him to come back for Destiny Two. That made yeah. me happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I think anyway. uh, Maids for Life in chat summed it up earlier. Let me find this mm-hmm. again. Sure. Um, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Oh God! So much stuff has happened. By the way, chat has been so explosive tonight, like it's never been. It's just been like so many lore <laughs> theories being thrown around by so many people, like lifetime. So good. Um, basically, it was, man, Clovis Bray was way more effed up than the game lets on. <laughs> well, it was like the Wayland Yutani oh, yeah. of literally the Wayland Yutani of the Destiny universe. Mm. Well, we'll think back on what they said on the live stream because Deej Yo, actually they, pointed they back did. to the they they he said the Wayland Utani group, and then he also ended up saying the Tyrell Corporation. So of course I'm sitting back going, well, of course they're making the EXO, they're going to make them a little bit more lifelike, they're going to make robots out of it all. Which side note, not all EXOs at that point are going to end up being like human brains. Some of them are probably going to be just full programs. So. Yeah, it opens up a lot of different uh, different facets that you have to think about. Is the company out for itself, or is it uh, is it thinking more on like how humanity can expand? Because if I take it from the perspective, especially with Wayland Yutani, uh, as they with the the more recent uh, Alien uh, franchise that's out there with like Prometheus and Covenant, uh, uh, are they making a, a group of Davids? Or are they making Fuck something it. else where, like, it's just the 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 grouping of uh, the original aliens and like how that would be put together? But anyway, I I, I will I love <laughs> making that reference and like combining them because when no, you start it's... thinking about Clovis Bray and that light, it just opens things up. That was something the the second you like I I pieced together what you were saying there about the Xenos and everything. Zeno, I was like. <laughs> I was that like, was seriously like, oh. I was, I was literally like, first thing I thought of is Deej fucking said it himself. God damn it, <laughs> Nicholas, for fuck's sake. Because I, I love the Alien franchise. I actually love the movie Alien Covenant, which is a very, very polarizing opinion when it comes to the Alien community. Uh, I love that movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I love what Prometheus did as far as being a prequel while also trying to stand on its own. I love it. Like I love them both. Love the original Alien movies. All four of them, despite popular opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this you said that's why I had the reaction I did, because I'm like, fuck. So the puzzle was put together for me. I was just not looking at it. Right. Yeah, okay. It's- uh, anyway, I'm gonna dive in here because I'm looking at the clock. We just yes. hit the two-hour mark, which I don't think right. we've ever done. <laughs> oh yeah, we have. Russ and I did the Star Wars night, the one where you were you were off handling baby. <laughs> I'll have to go back and find that again. I think it was two hours, but anyway. Anyway, um, I can't wait for episode seventy-two, Beard Grizzly Part Seven. Because <laughs> that is going to oh. be a thing. Speak, speaking of the funny part about all of that, just to to chime in real fast, I only covered part one of the the poems. We I know you did. The other nine. I know you did. That's why I was like, "Oh lordy, this is a good. Yeah. This, this is yeah, good. This, 
No, this, it, yeah, ni hao. But <laughs> I, 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 will, been... I will leave that be, I think, to, to let you guys dive on your own. But uh, yeah, it's just to, to kind of think on that stuff openly. Oh my God. This was a very needed uh, situation. And I thank you for it. That was amazing. It, it and... makes me happy because we, uh, you know, as, as just some guardians have said from day one, we're like the most casually casual players of destiny that have a podcast that you could you could come across and we can still have big lore conversations yep i gotta say it should tell you how like prolific the lore actually is besides like i i've i've been told by people well, why don't you go make content for like warframe or why don't you dive into elder scrolls or mass effect and i'm like well one other people have already done all of these games for this point. Two, I don't honestly have a love for Warframe or some other titles that are out there like I do for Destiny because mm -hmm. it isn't spoon-fed to you. That's the thing that I love about it. I feel like a lot of the other lore that I've read, uh, Monster Hunter included of recent, where I reminded myself of this stuff, uh, it's, it's just to sit back and say, I'm not as connected to it, and I don't love it as much as I would, like, hope for. Uh, but yeah, that's, like, my whole position on that statement. I, I'm i not saying anything bad about those games, but it's just no, the simple fact very that, like, different. I... Yeah. Very different, very different delivery in the story. We've we've talked a couple times, sorry to cut you off there, but we've talked a couple times about how interconnected multi-layered and how we haven't said this specifically but it's been implied and inferred continuously throughout the conversation but how long game Bungie's storytelling is when it comes right. to the destiny universe right again see the dark below grimoire card and warmind mm -hmm. um it's very different and i think that destiny's storyline from the get-go has very much embraced the people that like to be that guy with the pictures on the wall and the red yarn connecting everything that's right. the people that destiny's story is really going to call to right the people that like to sit there and theorize and wonder and what if the people that would sit and read the silmarillion oh god those, no. <laughs> no, no those are no, the people. no. <laughs> yes yes oh. completely and utterly yes I mean, I could also quote, like, Bible out of that one with, like, the Book of Kings or the Book of Numbers at that point, too. That well, would you could. For, like, like the further references to, like, things that would boggle the mind of why you would read them. But, yes, I still sat and read them just so I had more of an understanding of everything. <laughs> oh, my God. So I totally understand this, this relation. But... I mean, that's that's the people that Destiny speaks to because it's yeah. it's a storyline that, yes, you can take it at face value. Mm -hmm. And there are stories that are delivered at face value. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Oh, not at all. Absolutely. Or you can take the story that you it's there mm -hmm. and there's a surface level. So you, you're, you enjoy yourself when you play through the campaign. But then you can keep digging. Or you can sit there. And wonder to yourself while you're fighting Nacris and, and just dying endlessly the first time it's the Nightfall in Warmind. And you realize that the, <laughs> the, the Hive Wizard that spawns is a Thanatologist. 
Yep. And you're like, wait a second, the Thanonauts, they were uh-huh. warlocks that studied death. He's a necromancer. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> ask Brett. That happened. Oh, yeah. To that us. did happen. Uh-huh. 100%. Um, I mean, you know, the, White so. Seven, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was pretty scary. Um, well, so moving on along here. Uh, coming out for my birthday, Sources of Heroes. Um, if you want to see what that is, go to bungie.net. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to say we were we were thinking we were going to cover that. And nope. Nope. It's all good. Uh, it looks awesome. I will, I will say uh, a, a couple highlights off of there, at least. Uh, the TWAB does cover some stuff about like the newer uh, bounties that were put into place and everything. Uh, that's as part of like the one, two, three update that just came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Solstice is also going to be another piece that's popping up uh, that's going to have a lot more bounties behind it. Uh, so lots of cool things coming up that way. If you're a fan of Bundy, uh, of like bounties, trackables, so on, uh, now is the time to run back into uh, Destiny, I think. Uh, and I for the, the moments that I've had to play and they are sparse and few and so on, uh, it just feels like there's something back with having those pick bounties that you like check into the tower with, you grab them, you go back out onto the field. Uh, that, that feeling was kind of like missing for some reason. But uh, those are the overalls. Uh, get your armor, get your awesome lore tabs. Uh, that starts on the 31st. Ta-da! I love that the bounties. Perfect. The bounties while doing strikes. Mm-hmm. They make me happy. That's awesome. Definitely. It made me. It made me switch off from Arkstrider for the first time in a fair, <laughs> a fair moment because it was like, oh shit, I have to kill things. I have to do other things. Uh, my Arkstrider super. Okay. The couple days I've been around, it's like kill things with void. I'm like, well, I do that anyway, so I'm good. <laughs> Bring it on. Grab town lands. Well, no, it was. Uh, it, it was more. Um, Hello, Nova Bomb. How are you? Oh, there's that. So, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going for it. Here we go. This is it. This is the moment. Okay. This is our right. Who you want to be? Why did I quote that is this song? This the question you've been wanting to ask. Uh, no, that'll be for part two. <laughs> oh no! If you're willing. Oh. Do I want to know what that question was? Oh, he's willing, and you will find out next time on Jessam Guardians. Where do girl exos come? From? Well, between now and the next. <laughs> Between now and the next time you're on our show, uh, where can people find you? Send you our beard grizzly. Uh, well, I'm gonna say beard underscore grizzly either on uh, Twitch, on uh, Twitter, uh, or YouTube as well. Uh, I've got a Discord channel that is up and rolling. Uh, you guys can join that whenever. Uh, but you can find me on any of those platforms for now. Uh, possibly expanding. I don't know because I'm crazy. Uh, a lot of things in the work right works right now, uh, especially considering I've had like a month and a quarter off right now. So things have been weird. Uh, but yes, in the meantime, if you want to catch up on backlog of any of my stuff, uh, if you're just looking for some place to hang out with, talk lore, etc., uh, the Discord's great for that. The Twitter's great for that. Uh, reach out to me. I'm I would like to think I'm fairly easy to get a hold of. Uh, oh, but yeah, just let me know. I literally just made a post, was that yesterday, that was just like waving with you tagged, and that was my way of going, hey, you want to be on the show? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Are you on a podcast? Oh, God, I should say that. I'm such an idiot. Um, <laughs> so outside of like the uh, guest performances that I do uh, serve on, I've been on, uh, at this point, Destiny Tracker. Uh, I've been now on this one. Uh, I've also been on... Uh, else was i on there was there was another couple that i've that i've been on but those were done like so long ago and i can't recall uh the major one however that i had mentioned beforehand i am a part of the uh focus fire chat group uh i am now one of the official have been for a little while now so it's not like news but i am an official uh uh, not a guest host anymore but i'm an official co-host on there uh so it's been a, a wonderful little experience for me because i've been able to fit in with people that uh, think kind of similarly to me that they look for the silly connections that they look for the out there uh, ideas and the connections to like real life and everything uh, so that is what we are all about uh, is not necessarily even letting the spin foil flow just trying to find those connections to make the the lore work uh, but again that is focused fire chat uh, all one thing if you want to find it on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, we stream live every Friday night uh, starting around 11 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 10 p.m. Central, if you're counting that. So if you guys ever feel like you want to drop in, say hi there. That's another place you can do so. Uh, I real quick want to say that mm-hmm. um, I, for one, am overjoyed that Focus Fire Chat exists Mm, um mm -hmm. and that it is longer podcast episodes i used to commute to visit my now fiance uh, jake four hours one way every (laughs) other week and then there was a period during the um during last year during the summer when he was Mm -hmm. on an internship, an engineering internship in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I lived near Green Bay, lived near Green Bay, Wisconsin. That was an eight and a half, nine hour drive one way. Uh, (laughs) Focused fire chat. That was my jam. Like, oh my God. Uh, (laughs) There was, there was a, a visit that I did to Fort Wayne where I left Fort Wayne, Indiana at like five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Eastern time. And I made it back to Wisconsin by 2 p.m. Central time mm-hmm. and then worked until 11 p.m. Um, I did that three times in one <laughs> summer. Um, focus Fire Chat got me through those massive road trips. And it was particular. There were there was two War Mind episodes in particular that I listened to back to back. And one was older than the other, granted, but um, again, speaks to the fact that Destiny's lore is about, it's, a, it's a learning experience because right. perspectives change based on the information that we got at that point. Um, right. So episode two in the Warmind bit that I listened to played off from the first one because it was like developing knowledge. It was wonderful. Uh, but those I listened to those two back to back and that was almost seven hours, I think. And that was almost the whole drive back from Fort Wayne that one morning. And uh, that particularly sticks out to me because there was a long discussion about how coding works. Mm-hmm. And it was it was going over the grimoire cards that give us Rasputin's actual like code. And uh, it was just it was fantastic. Anyway, I'm done. 
<laughs> just just wanted to say that I'm I'm like finally starstruck. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm gonna say I was told that as soon as I joined on, I apparently like added an extra thirty to forty five minutes on average now to the show since I have uh, been invited as a full host, and I'm just like, well, oh well, <laughs> we appreciate I'm someone as a... that I. I do not like short podcasts because mm-hmm. they piss me off. Like I, I want good long podcasts. So I'm gonna say I, that's yeah, that's the it. irony is like everybody is like no, just just let it keep happening. Like that's a good thing. Um, but meanwhile, I I sit here and I I think back on like what uh, what um, yeah what I'm doing to this one now, and I'm like oh crap, I'm doing the same thing. Oops, Daisy. It's all good, man. Oh, it's so good. As a, as a postman who just listens to podcasts all day doing his route, like seriously, and any any sort of content, I just eat it up. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for for listening to it cuz I still don't know why you guys like it as much as you do, but you do. <laughs> oh, I mean, you're there. So like there's that. <laughs> why does it, why does anybody talk about what they like? Well, yeah, focus right? fire chat. How feels, dare you be passionate? Like, feels like I'm there, like having a lore conversation with people because it's so conversational, which mm-hmm. are my favorite types of podcasts. Um, it's it's cool and it, it helps me nerd out even when I don't have anyone to nerd out with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the overall goal is to, especially I know like what Blue Green and Justin have been like trying to put together for years. Uh, is is just the um, is just the fact that like they're building everything um, as more of a like you said a, a conversation basis mm-hmm. uh, more than just something like well here's these bits of information and that is it uh, I I don't like that I I don't like talking at someone uh, I just love the fact that. Uh, you know, we, we sit and we talk to everybody. Um, and, and especially for myself with like my writing style and like how I've, um, expanded out and everything like that's, that's what, uh, that's what I've always kind of had the, the, I guess you could say the philosophy behind my, my ideas too, just to, to have conversations, uh, more than to have lectures like I've got the place for my lectures. It's called Guardian School, but like I, uh, I, I just want to to talk with people. I want to uh, converse. Like that's that's the power of the of the internet. Like that's what we're able to do, and we we misuse that power so far and so often. Uh, the ability that we can take a step back and just talk to each other is something that I don't think we often afford ourselves. Not to get on a soapbox, sorry. No, please. No, anytime. you're you're not wrong. My my other podcast that I do and just some guardians, I think both fit the bill there with it being conversational more. That's almost why I'm glad we didn't cover the TWAB and what's coming with Solstice. Yeah. Because I feel like we had a really, really kick ass conversation. Agreed. Yeah. This was like well, a, you... a dream come true. <laughs> Well, cool thing is you can you can cover that next week too if you want to. And right. we'll be in it. 
<laughs> well, no, we won't be in it. No, we won't. No. We, we still got one more week. We got to wait. And I'm just looking at Bungie going, why have you cast us out? Like, <gasps> Holy shit, Brett. Oh, my God. My new job. I have a full week that I can just, like, blitz Solstice of Heroes before I have to start working Aww, again. yeah. <laughs> Life is good. Nice. Well, uh, speaking of Nick, uh, where can people find you, buddy? I am uh, infected with a strong case of the Twitters. Uh, you can find me at He Who Fights or PSN, capital HWF-74. Don't ask. It's terrible. Or I am on uh, Discord in the Just Some Guardians Discord. I think I might be in a few others, but I hardly ever check Discord because I'm a horrible person. Uh, there I am uh, by my PSN ID. So, or you can check out my other podcast that I mentioned a minute ago, Green Dragon Live at greendragonlive.com. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, thank you for joining us for Just Some Guardians episode 33. When we do the show, we are live on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash just some guardians you can find us on twitter at jsgcast uh we have a discord linked to the twitter you can jump in there and join and have fun if you have any questions concerns comments pictures of dick cheney such as nick has done you can send those to just some guardians at gmail.com as for myself i'm elmer fudd you can find me on twitter and twitch at elmer fudd games a double m double m double d yeah uh nick since Russell is not here, would you mind taking us out? Uh, join us next time on Just Some Guardians for some mutual chaos and utter incompetency. Mm, and that, as they say in the biz, is a show. Mr. Grizzly. Yeah. <laughs> Words cannot describe enough. Oh, it was an absolute pleasure for me to be here. I, I hope so. As always, I, I, I appreciate the, the platform, and I appreciate the chance to just sit here and talk, because there's, as much as I, you know, I like Focus Fire and everything, but we, we have topics that we try to keep ourselves tight into, and I just want to 